Welcome to this week's episode of the Hot Topics podcast, the place where the global thinkers, innovators and disruptors come to share their thought leadership on the fast-moving tech ecosystem. This week's guest, Don Collins, knew pretty early on just how powerful digital was going to be, and he had his eureka moment during the internet's infancy when he was building his father a website. He recognised pretty quickly that it was going to not just change the way that content was monetized, but also change the way that we as a society interacted too. And after getting the digital bug, Dom has made a career out of helping businesses recognise where digital can best be utilised in order to gain the most value. Having held positions at EE, Autotrader, Orange, and most recently Legal in General, it's pretty safe to say, given the calibre of roles that he's held, that he knows quite a lot about digitising businesses. And after a career spent working for different corporations, he recently has opted for a different route. He wants to work with smaller businesses, and Hot Topic staff writer Peter Stojanovic wanted to find out just a little bit more. Enjoy. Dom, thanks for joining us. No worries. And you've gone from sort of heading larger companies to now working with smaller companies to digitise them as well. What's that dynamic been like in that shift from a larger company to a smaller company? I think I've kind of quite deliberately taken my focus from helping large companies be more digital and more customer-centric to thinking actually there's a similar set of skills um, but maybe potentially more rewarding Mm -hmm. to help um, digital, smaller, customer-centric organisations be more large. Um, So... So it's similar skill sets. I mean, you certainly have to roll your sleeves up more, um, which I actually quite enjoy. Um, and uh, and I've always enjoyed kind of as well as you know, whilst working in large organisations, also being involved either in, as an, in a kind of advisory way or invest in you know, a small investment way with with startups such as So Amply, um, Finance a Car previously. Um, and when you speak to those people, it, it, it's amazing how you find that you know, there's, just within your network there's a bunch of people who are really relevant to mm-hmm. you know, what you're looking to do in this other organisation and, and you can add a lot of value. Um, not necessarily by being you know, some big, big whiz and big brain, but actually just in kind of the people that you know and the, and the things that you're seeing day to day in a large organisation can easily be applied yeah. to, uh, to, to kind of create a bit of a leg up and a bit of a shortcut to success in a smaller organisation. Cool. And specifically in terms of digitisation, what can a larger company learn from a smaller company? Lots. <laughs> the, fir- the first lesson would be recognizing that there's lots to learn yeah. from a small organization. I think as soon as you have that mindset, um, you're probably in a pretty good place already. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, you know, wh- when you have, it's le- less even about being a small company, I think it's about having less money a lot of the time. Mm, okay. You kind of make the things that you will do to be able to be successful with. Um, less at your fingertips means that you know that agility that evangelism um that invention um I, I deliberately avoiding the word innovation um <laughs> allows you to you know to to be more successful more quickly and to learn more quickly and to iterate and all that kind of slightly hackneyed terms around you know fail fast and all that that stuff i think is just an articulation of what small organizations do naturally uh, in order to be able to describe them into a concept a methodology for large organization yeah. um but, but you know, many large organisations have successfully either, you know, either injected that kind of smaller agility, you know, um, entrepreneurial spirit into the entire organisation, or um, often have kind of created a more entrepreneurial um, part of the organisation in order to be able to drive that yeah. change. And, and, and do those changes and sort of outputs change um, between FS and other industries? I mean, have you seen that digital change or difference? I think each industry has its own challenges um, and its own opportunities, mm-hmm. um, often based on 
on kind of the, the day-to-day workings of that of that business. You know, there's a bunch of stuff um, you know, from a financial services perspective um, that you you wouldn't appreciate until you're really inside that organisation, like you know, like legal in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I knew going into legal in general that you know that regulation. Um, for example, was was a you know significant part of the, mm. that industry, and that's something I, I was you know eager to learn more about in terms of you know conduct risk and compliance yeah. and regulation and so on. But in, but actually, until you're inside the organisation, you don't necessarily realise how that will um, impact you know the the day to day kind of product development yeah. and design process and so on. Um, so so I think each industry um, has got its kind of data. You know, digital digital is just another thing that is that is happening in the evolution of industry yeah. and, and of business. Um, and there's as much to take in, you know, there's more to take into account in terms of the backstory of those organizations independently. Mm. And then when you apply digital to it, it kind of colors that rather than digital being a kind of a thing that is sure. common to all. And, and looking sort of towards the wider industry and, and forward, what will the continued digitization of the industry look like in your eyes, do you think? Um, I think it will, I, I see a kind of general kind of homogenization of digital experience. Um, what do I mean by that? If you, in the olden days, it sounds terrible, you know, if you went onto the high street, or even today, if you were to go onto the high street, um, you, you would expect a, kind of a different type of experience if you went into your bank mm-hmm. versus if you went into your greengrocers versus if you went to, into a supermarket or a travel agent. You, know, that you, you expected different types of experience um, because you had different types of industry and, and uh, interaction. I think for some time now, there's a kind of a common kind of level playing field of experience that people have come to expect. In, in online, in mobile, etc. So, you know, if you go to Amazon and it works really well on the mobile and it's responsive and everything works and the menu's been simplified and you can do one-click purchasing, and blah, blah, which, you know, one could argue is easier for Amazon to do because that's the world they come from, you kind of don't figure in your mind that Amazon is any different to your bank or any different to, you know, a, a, an online travel business or, or whatever. You just expect that that now is the bar of expectation for customer experience. Um, and so I think from a financial services perspective, it will be about con- you know, continuing to strive to be at or above that bar of experience as that bar of experience continues to be raised. And, and that customer experience tied in with digitization, it sort of has formed another trend in authenticity. And, and we're so aware now of a brand and what they push out on us in social media and just in general. Yeah. And it's, we're very aware now of whether they're being truthful. Where has that come from, do you think? So I think it's always been there. It's just that socials shone a brighter light on it mm. um, and made it potentially more kind of more transparent. And it's, uh, you know, as human beings, we know when someone's bullshitting us. Mm-hmm. Just generally, you know, you, if you were at a party and you're chatting, chatting with someone you've never met before, you can kind of pick up on the vibes whether what they're saying is, you know, is true or not, or whether they're a bit of a merchant. And I think that <coughs> social is giving us that a similar interaction mm. with brands. Um, that we wouldn't necessarily have in a controlled kind of uh, brochureware kind of environment that you would get previously with, with a website mm. where you've taken months and you've had editors and sub-editors and scripts and, uh, you know, and it's been carefully controlled. With social, it's immediate. Mm. And it's two-way, it's a dialogue. So, so I think th- there's always been that a, a similar um, expectation interaction with brands, but Previously, you, m- you might interact with a brand verbally mm-hmm. and, and you would get that personal feel. Mm-hmm. Social is the first kind of lens that we really have at scale, which gives us that insight into brands beyond the brochure work. 
And finally, my last point is we touched upon earlier about the, the role who's in charge of digitizing a company. Yep. And, and you've recently said about the role of CDO, is it worthwhile, is it not, what's its, what's its role? In terms of who is in charge of digitizing a company, is that still where you stand on CDOs, your arming and ahhing? Uh, the, the, the role of digitizing a company is the CEO. Because it is so, so my, my, in a nutshell, my, my belief is, is the following. Um, you know, bu- businesses are now, most businesses, if, you know, increasingly all businesses, are you know, digital is such a core part of, of what they do that to enclave it in a separate department most of the time, um, I believe, doesn't put it a, you know, in a powerful enough position. Mm. Um, and if you create a chief digital officer, I, I kind of see that, potentially in some organisations, being powerful because you know, it can act as a catalyst. That person needs to be able to kind of roam widely, though, and have the support of their peers mm. at the top table of an organisation. Um, because, again, you know, it can't be, oh, yes, th- this person's a chief digital officer, they're, they're responsible for digital. No, everybody's responsible for digital. The, operator, you know, the COO, mm. the CMO. Um, the CFO, the CEO, everyone is, is ultimately responsible for creating a more digital, enga- digital engaging environment for that organisation. But potentially, a chief digital officer is the catalyst for that change. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going back to our, my kind of O-level chemistry, um, catalysts burn out, create a change, but then leave no residue of the actual catalyst itself. So if we follow that through, then in five, ten years' time, once the role of chief digital officer has gone into these organisations, created the, created the chemical you know, reaction, mm-hmm. digitise and transform the organisation, they should burn out and potentially become the CEO. Um, but I don't think long-term there should be a role of chief digital officer in an organisation. It's just that all the other C-level positions and everyone beneath them needs to be more digitally astute. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Not at all. You've been listening to the Hot Topics podcast. For more content, including live events and videos, visit hottopics.ht.